Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I am the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer of the Giant Insider newspaper, Chris Bizignano. And uh, like we thought, uh, the Giants came away with a victory. Now, we, we didn't think they'd be up 40 to nothing in this game. Uh, this was uh, uh, quite a shock. And uh, it was funny because everyone I talked to said the same thing. Like, when's the last time this happened? where, you know, you were very relaxed in the fourth quarter. And it was probably a game against Washington, uh, actually. I think there, were, there was a couple over the past maybe five, six years uh, that were kind of snooze fests against Washington. But I, Wait, I, you I, mean the rain man can't rip that off? Well, there was one, I think, in, in 2009 where we won like 45 to 14 or something. Uh, then there was okay. another one under McAdoo or, or towards the tail end oh. of Coughlin. I think it might have been um, – 2014 now they're going to look this up and prove me wrong but i, I jokingly <laughs> said it was the 49 or 86 playoff game that was the last time i felt this good uh during the game but it um, seems like it but yeah buddy uh just initial thoughts what do you got man yeah listen you know we, we felt pretty confident going against sanchez that they would you know the giants would come out on top but obviously obviously not you know the the margin that the you know the first half it was over at halftime it was over you know with sanchez in there and and have a big lead like that to go to Loretta and take Saquon out and all that. Boy, we haven't had one like that in a long time. And no, nor that I think we would have one this season. So it was a pleasant surprise, my friend. Um, you see a lot of, you saw a lot of smiles on the sideline. It felt good for Sharma. Felt good for the players, the organization. So it was a nice, it was a nice Sunday. Chris, Mark Sanchez might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he couldn't do anything right. And, I I I, the, I think the funniest play of the game was when he tried to throw a quick pass as he was as the rush was coming, and Ogletree batted it away and then waved his finger at him like, "No, no, not going to happen." <laughs> uh, and yeah. I, I mean, Curtis Riley got in on the act. Chris, you know, he had a, led the scoring. Yeah. A little, it's like this isn't a misprint. Curtis Riley leads the scoring today, uh, and yeah. then um, I mean, what what else can you say about the kid, uh, the the running back that we drafted number two overall instead of taking a quarterback? And mm-hmm. I know there's years to go before this argument uh, is settled, but my God, if you're not happy with this kid, you need to have your head examined because he was absolutely incredible yesterday. Well, this is what Gettleman talked about, you know, when, when he said, hey, we're not going to pass up on a generational talent. You know, uh, this is this wasn't just some real good running back coming out. This is a special, special player. Yeah, Gil Brand, you, Gil Brand of the Dallas Cowboys, I just wanted to add, had him the second, yeah. rise, second highest player he ever had on his board. Behind who? Lawrence Taylor. Ever, yeah, now ever. Gilbert. Not, right, ever. That, that's the key word, right, Jerry? Ever. I mean, you know, and Gilbrand's been around since Tony Dorsett and guys like that. You know, um, unless Gilbrand, he knows his football. For him to say that, that's just remarkable. Um, and how great is it, Jerry, that the two highest guys he had rated in his life are both Giants? It's insane. <laughs> it's hilarious. Right? Yeah, it's hilarious, man. Uh, you know, from an old cowboy like Gilbrand. Um, who I respect the live, and that guy knows his stuff, man. But listen, this is like I, like I started saying before, Jerry. This is what Gettleman was talking about. He just didn't want to pass up on a special, special player, and everybody is seeing that now. This kid is just an unbelievable talent. I, he dropped a pass, which was shocking, and I, I thought it was funny that Giant fans didn't get mad at that because he, if he caught that pass, he probably was going for about thirty yards. There was no one around him. But he dropped the pass, right. and Giant fans were almost like, 
oh my god, he's human. And and because that was the first one I've seen him drop. And I think I know you did too. You commented like, wow, he just dropped the pass. And people took it the wrong way on Twitter, like you were being sarcastic. But you said it. Kid has ridiculous hands. Listen, there was two, a couple of things I put on Twitter. The first thing I think I put on, if I remember right, was that this is going to be the first thing he talks about in the post game, which it was. Okay, he talked about how it killed him to drop that pass. He apologized to his teammates. I'm going to make it up to you guys and all that. And then number two was this was the first pass. This includes OTAs, training camp, practice during the week, season games, regular season games, all that. This was the first pass that Barkley dropped that he should have caught. The first one. Yeah. And I'm talking every practice, everybody. I'm yeah, talking- and you, you said it during OTAs and during camp. You said this kid that hasn't dropped a pass yet. He hasn't dropped a pass. Listen, there was a few balls that he dropped this year that won't, you know, he he could have come down with. It would have been a tough catch, but he could have caught. This was the first ball that he should have caught. Yeah. That he dropped. Big difference. Yeah. Should have caught. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm there all the time, Jerry, as you know. This was the first ball that hit the turf that he should have caught. And yeah. well, I'm t- and today is December 10th. And I'm talking going back to the end, uh, to the beginning of May. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, Eli Manning uh, had a, had a, a solid game, more than solid, and he hit. He was hitting receivers all over the place through touchdown passes to three different receivers. Looked really comfortable, and it, it just goes to what you said. The the better he plays, and and the, the, as this season goes along, and mm-hmm. how the the line blocks for him. Uh, yep. I think it it might be a better than fifty fifty chance that he's coming back next year and. This was a game where you think, God, if, if they can do this. And, I, again, you guys, we played Mark Sanchez, and the Redskins are, are depleted. But um, to go up 40 to nothing against the pro team, that's, that is still something. And he was, uh, he was very efficient. He made one bad throw from what I saw uh, that probably should have been intercepted. But he was hitting guys all over the place, and he had time. And he, he's so good rolling out. I, I, I just He's making a case to come back again next year. I don't think there's any question. We've been talking about it, at least I've been talking about it, that there's a very good chance he likes the quarterback next year in the last year of his contract. Not saying they're not going to draft the quarterback. I'm just saying that even if they draft the quarterback, Eli's going to be behind center next season. I, I think there's a very good chance of that. You know, listen, you know, we talked about an earlier podcast about he's auditioning. The last eight games was an audition. I know that for a fact coming out of the building. They're watching him the last eight games, and his audition is going pretty well, my friend, right? It's oh, going it's, pretty well. Yeah, it's going really well. And the more, these guys, the more these guys block for him, the better he's going to be. Yeah, and it's only, you know, you hope you hope that it gets better even for next year, either via free agency or get him and brings in another one of his big boys in a draft, maybe even two, to improve that line. Um, it's an average line right now that's played better, but still not a solid line, okay? They're, they're about, you, they're, they're, like, they're like a center and a right tackle away from being a very good offensive line, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know what, Jerry? Uh, right tackle, especially. I, yeah. I'll go, Jerry, I'll go 2019 with Spencer Pulley at center. I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to go 2019 with Chad Will. And you, I, called, not, you called out Pulley early on. You said yeah. these guys have a center on the roster who played for the, the Chargers, I think, all every game last year. Yeah. 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 Listen, uh, listen, he was part of a line. I understand, like we talked about earlier, I understand Phillip Ribs gets rid of the ball a lot. He, you know, he, he he get you know, but he was part of a line that gave up the least amount of sacks last year. And Rivers swore by him. 
So, you know, when a guy like Phil, Phil Rivers vouches for you and he swears by you, you got to listen to guys like this. You know what I mean? So I'll go with Paulie next year. But don't forget, we got another guy coming back next year, bud. Yeah, and Hal Peel, yeah, that's right. Who was playing pretty good. Yep. And no, Pulley's a natural guard too. I mean, if Pulley's got to go with the right guard, if if Jamal doesn't come back, or if Pulley beats him out next year, whatever, and then Hal is a center, and then we get that right tackle, we get that big kid, like you said, he free agency. I'm not sure who's a free agent yet. I really not. Or the draft, you know, get him and brings in a couple of kids. Hog, Mo- gotta, Hog Molly, as he calls him. Yeah, right. A Hog Molly, like like Dave likes to talk about, and this line gives Eli some more time. Jerry, this is an offense right now that's running through 26, okay? This is the big adjustment that Coach Sherman has made since the bye week. This offense is now running through uh, Saquon Barkley, okay? And you're seeing the results of it. You're going to see this right into next season where this offense runs through him. And when Eli has time and when Eli gets that play action going, he's a much different quarterback. You've seen that now the last five games. I mean, referring to 26 – Chris, I've never seen a guy who, once he gets past the line of scrimmage, can literally go mm-hmm. all the way every time. Yeah. He's – I'm not trying to speak blasphemy. He's better than Barry Sanders in the sense that he hits the hole faster. I, I know that everybody said all oh, the mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions line stunk. But early on in mm-hmm. Sanders' career, he was looking to break it uh, long every time. Barkley has improved just in this year at that already. He, he runs hard to the hole. Uh, yeah. he, he's – that was one aspect that we were worried about where he's going to try to go long every time, but man, he runs quick to the hole. And then if you, if you create a hole for him, um, my God, uh, he, he can, he can take it to the house every single time. It's almost like you, you almost feel bad for the, the guys in the secondary. Um, mm-hmm. My wife referred to him as uh, she watched the 78 yard run. She came downstairs just in case, just in time. And she, she goes, he's like Jimmy from Hoosiers. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I know he's the Jimmy Chitwood of this team, but yeah. um, I, I the, the the 78 yard run um one thing we got to point out and we talked about it yesterday man sterling shepherd is a football player he is not just a receiver he sprung a couple blocks um yeah that that sprung saquon the the 52 yard rush and the 78 yard run man sterling shepherd is a hell of a player he's a football player jerry you just said it he's a football player and that's what coach Sherman likes he's wired to be a football player big difference my friend between a football player yeah. and then a football player. Yeah. Okay? Some guys are playing football. Other guys are football players. Yep. Shep is a football player. You see him seal that hole. He sealed that hole with that block on DJ Swearinger yesterday that sprung uh, Saquon for that you 70 know, I, I had to watch it a bunch of times because I was writing about it, and I said I wanted to see who the key blocks were. And I didn't see it the first time. And it was – Oh, it was, Shep. It was Solder. It was Hernandez. It was Ellison. And then Shepard had the key block. Shep. Chef sealed his hole. And it he was yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't downfield. It was at the line of scrimmage. Oh no, it was at the line of scrimmage, my friend. He yeah. cracked back, he cut, he cut in off the line. Yeah, he cut he cut in off the line with the key block and a pretty good safety, too. Okay, he's no slouch surrounding back there. He's gonna put a pro ball this year surrounding. Okay. The other run, and Saquon talked about it. I drilled Josh Norman. Yeah, I mean, Chef came from about 30 yards, it seemed like, like a blur, and came in and hit Josh Norman with a nice block that got enabled Barkley to gain some more yards. Yeah. And, you know, Shep had two catches yesterday. He had one, he had the one touch that he was wide open. Um, but this is part of being a receiver, part of being, and here's the, and here's the thing that impressed me the most, besides the blocking, you know, Shep's not a big kid either. You know, he's not a big kid. He's small. He's a small kid. But how about when he came back 
on that Eli pass at the goal line that was going to be look like a sure interception, and Chef came back and broke it up. Yep. Right. I mean, this is what football players do. You just don't stand there and come back and go, oh, oh, I'm covered. Oh, look at this bad throw by Eli. You come back and you break it up. You play defender in that situation, and you and you see what Sherman did right after that. As soon yeah. as Shep came over off the sideline, Sherman hugged him. Yep. And you know he was telling him that's a football play. And and last week got a lot of respect for him when he went down in the Bears game. It looked like he hurt his ribs pretty bad. He came back in and made a couple of catches. So the kid's tough, man. I mean, tough. We we, tough. Ki- we kill Reese, but that was a nice find in the second round uh, of, of that draft. Absolutely, it was a good pick by Jerry Reese. Right, we destroy Reese for everything else, but that was a good pick by Reese. You got to give that credit when credit is due. And Shep, yeah, I, listen, he's a tough, tough kid, Shep. Um, and uh, you know, like he's uh, Sharma loves him. He's been praising him from day one, and you see why. That uh, you know, you, you need guys like that in your. Jerry, when you have a home run hitter like that with Barkley, yeah. you need receivers to block. Yeah. You know, and, and Shep is one of those guys that's gonna throw his body out there. And Odell's trying more and more. Odell's not a good block of receiver, but he, Odell's trying in that facet of his game too. And speaking of Odell, one of the stupid narratives on uh, uh on that radio station that we try not to listen to is mm-hmm. that the Giants are better without Odell out there. Now I will say that mm-hmm. uh, Manning spread the ball around more, but he, he, he spread the ball around more because his number one receiver wasn't there. So it was by default that those guys were going to get more balls thrown their way. I'd have to think that if Odell right. played yesterday, the score could have been 60 to nothing, but uh, that's just me. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, listen, you know, when Odell's not in the game, teams go more man, you know, and, and you saw that yesterday. The Redskins were a lot more man. When Odell's playing, they're not going man. You know, Josh Norman could talk all he wants, and Greg Minuski say, oh, we'll, we'll match up Norman on him. Nobody's playing Hotel Man all game. Nobody, okay? On the first matchup, they had safeties rolling over on his side the whole game. So yeah. uh, last yesterday, they went more man because they felt they didn't, they, you know, the Giants didn't have that key guy that could beat him. Uh, Eli even talked about it today. He says, yeah, was, you know, we had a lot more opportunities to spread the ball around because this was the, probably the most man coverage we saw all season. Yeah. Um, so that's the advantage of it. Um, to say the Giants are a better team at Alabama, you know, I've kind of heard that narrative out there a little bit. And, you know, no, I mean, Odell's a dynamic player. He's an impact player, you know, so you don't want to lose an impact player. The advantage of it is, you know, Eli spread the ball more, you know, and you saw that yesterday. Another thing before we go to the defense, uh, Evan Ingram, man, he had three catches, but I think he had like 75, Mm -hmm. 77 yards, uh, one of which was a 39-yard gain. Another, he had another long gain. Man, when he gets the ball in his hands, it's exciting. And this is what you picture with Ingram. And if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, last week, Twitter followers saying, will they trade him? No, no. They want to, they want this kid to work out. I mean, if you yeah. can have him playing like this and a healthy Beckham and that running back, that generational running back that we drafted and Sterling Shepard playing and, and a line that can protect whoever, whatever quarterback's there, probably Manning, offense can be more than special. It can be one of the best in the league. This is what we envisioned from yeah. the start. Oh, no question, Jerry. If the Giants' offensive line is a solid unit next season, I mean, is there any question this could be the best offense in the football, a top three offense? Any question about that? None. They'd be, yeah. right, they'd be right there with the climate-controlled Saints and the L.A. Rams. The climate-controlled Saints. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, even with a 38-year-old Manning next season, they could be a real good offense, man. And let's, let's not give up on Evan Ingram yet. I know a lot of no. people are really down on Evan. Right. You know, but 
First of all, first of all, just want a quick observation. He hasn't dropped the ball in a while. I know, I know that's part of it. You know, listen, I know people are like, oh, listen, he's not supposed to drop the ball. I understand that. Right. But he hasn't dropped it in a while. And you see how dynamic he is, right? You saw him in that open field yesterday. I mean, he runs like Saquon. Well, there was, you know, there was the one down the sidelines. I thought it was a 15-yard gain. It ended up being a 39-yard gain. He just he's outran fast, everybody. Man. He's fast. He's a hard-working kid. Um, working on his block and can't give up on his kid yet. You know, he's coming back next year in his third year and, and he's going to be a giant a few more years. Uh, I know like, you know, like we, like we said, giant fans, a lot of giant fans are down on him. Don't be, he hasn't played really healthy all year. Um, getting, getting healthy now. And you see what he, what this guy could do, man. And, him in the mix next year too. It's another dynamic talent. Yeah, you, you said before. You said if Yaman Brown is a <clears throat> is if he's a giant next year, and I I think the Giants would have to have their head examined not to resign that kid because if there's a second MVP on this team after Barkley, uh, it, it, you can make the argument that it's Brown because what are they four and one since they got him? Yeah. So yeah, uh, good job, uh, Brown <laughs> Yaman or Jamin. I mean, no, you're not correcting. Yeah. You didn't correct uh, Chris yet, but. <laughs> Uh, incredible, uh, incredible job by him and made the whole line better. Defensively, uh, is Ogletree just more comfortable now? Because how can he look the way he looks after mm-hmm. weeks of, of us saying, wow, he's really been disappointing. And you're saying, you know, both of us were tweeting, I, I don't know if he's going to come back next year the way he's playing, but yeah. last three weeks, I mean, my, he, he's best linebacker we've had since Antonio Pierce. Yeah, no question about it. You know, Alec is a guy who takes his craft very serious. He realized he was not playing good football, man. And he has kicked it up the last few weeks. There's no question about it. Five you know what? Five you know, interceptions, you, man. Jerry, five interceptions. Uh, what, two pick sixes, right? Yeah, almost another one yesterday. Uh, and almost another one yesterday. Um, and you know what, Jerry? You know what this reminds you of Ogletree right now? This reminds you of the Alec that I saw in Georgia Yeah. when he was flying all over the field out there, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, a couple of years with the Rams, too. I always liked his – you know, he's pretty active. Hasn't played well. It didn't play well beginning of the season. Has really kicked it up the last few weeks. Is he more familiar in the system? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. You know, it's a new system. I'm sure everybody's getting, you know. Yeah, the, the reason I asked that is just the difference in how he looks. It, it's night and day. He doesn't even look like the same player. No. I mean, he's shedding blocks now. You know, he's filling gap lanes. Forget about his hands. I mean, you know, you know, interceptions-wise, yeah, he's played really well. And it's a credit to Ogletree, who was down on himself. You know, I – you know, I was around him a few times at a locker room, and he, I heard him say, you know, I'm not playing well. I got to, you know, I got to kick this up. I got to do, I got to get better. And he has, uh, to his credit, like a few other guys in that defense, they've kicked it up. Yeah. And, and, and kudos to the Giants secondary for picking. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Picking it up where uh, Landon Collins uh, left off. I mean, he you know he's out for the year. And you had Thomas back there. You had Riley who had a good game. And then you had Sean Chandler get his first sack. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, the Redskins don't have a, a, a vaunted passing attack. But those guys stepped up. And, and Michael Thomas, great to see another interception for him. Um, well, he, he's a, a great fine. special teams player. But, what, you know, Gettleman gets murdered for some of his free agents. Hey, listen, Nate Solder's working out. Michael Thomas is working out. Mm-hmm. Yaman Brown is working out. 
Dave Gettleman's done a hell of a job. You, you have to look at the entire season. You can't just look at the first half. And, yep. and, and some of the stuff he's done, the under-the-radar finds. Grant Haley? Uh, come on. He, he's, a, yeah. he's an Lovely option game. next year at nickel corner. Oh, no, there's, there's no question about it in my eyes. No question about it that this kid <clears throat> is an option out there. No question. I, I, Jerry, me and you, we talked about it personally. I, I love the kid. You love the kid. How physical is this kid? I mean, come on, man. What's he like? Yeah, he's, 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 five, he's like five seven. Is stretching it, Jerry. I mean, and he's a little guy, man. I've talked to Grant numerous times. He's a little dude, man. But he plays like he's six feet tall, right? I mean, he's up there in the slide. He's putting hits on people, man. Yep. You know, and, and speaking of run support, phys, uh being physical in the run support game. How about Janoris Jenkins, man? Yeah. I mean, this guy is hitting guys in the run game. This guy's. This guy's playing great run support defense from that corner position. He's a guy that everybody was saying, yeah, he's going to get traded, going to get traded. And you called it. You're like, no, Shermer loves him. I don't, I don't, unless they give up a first round pick or a second, they're not going to yeah. trade Jenkins. And, you know, whatever faith they had in him, uh, he's proven them right because he's been, uh, he's been incredible since, the, since the trade deadline. Yeah. And Genoa said, you know what? Because I've been healthy the last month. You know, Genoa said he had an injury. I think it was that foot from last season that really didn't heal and didn't feel right until the last five, six weeks. And you know he's a type of guy who doesn't like to use he doesn't like to use excuses. He says I'm not gonna. I, I had an injury early in the year. I'm not. I didn't tell you all and all that. And you know what? He's played like he the last three four games. He's played like he played in 2016, which was a Pro Bowl year. You, you know, I, I was gonna say another find for Gettleman. Before I forget, is a man named Octavius Marquez. We know him as Ty Davis. <laughs> I mean, he yep. is. Uh, I didn't think anything of this kid. Remember, he was the guy that, that we kept instead of Herzlich, and you thought, wow, Herzlich had a good camp. Why are they keeping this kid 22 mm -hmm. years old out of that powerhouse ten Tennessee Chattanooga? So it's just another example of Gettleman being able to find guys that can contribute and, and more than just contribute on special teams. I mean, he's getting significant playing time. So uh, what was once a weakness for this team, linebacker, you have Ogletree, you have Davis, you have Lorenzo Carter who had a sack mm -hmm. yesterday who looks like he's going to be a hell of a pass rusher. And then Olivier Vernon looks healthy and had a good game. And so, I tell you what, I tell you what, Jerry, I sorry to interrupt you. Even Kareem Martin's game has played, yep. even he's played better in the last few weeks. He seems to be knowing, you know, he seems to be stepping up his play, um, you know, in the last. So a guy I was really down on, uh, actually, we were both down we both on were, big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah uh, we were both down on him big time, man. He's actually played better, better to the last few weeks. And he had the tip on uh, Curtis Riley's uh, interception. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So. You know, the defensive line, um, they need a pass rusher next year. There's no question. They, they need a, a a pass rushing end or or if you want to go um, nose tackle. Like you said, they play a lot of 4-3 and 3-4, so I don't know. Somewhere along that line, they're going to need a, an impactful pass rusher, I think. And But, look, B.J. Hill's going to get better, and he's already good. Uh, Kerry Wynn's going to make the team, and he's a he's – a, I wouldn't call him a special player, but he's someone that you want on your team, and you want him there for a long time. He – Kind of reminds me of like a uh, kind of a George Martin type where he wasn't the man, but he can come up with a big sack or a play where you're like, mm -hmm. wow, where'd this come from? Oh, Kerry Wynn's been here for 12 years and it's just kind of the, the plays he makes, right? They um, have to resign him. Yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson's another one. He's getting better. Mm -hmm. So there are building blocks on this team. And, and what uh, yeah. just, you got to love the character of these guys. They, they haven't quit. We called it all year that Shermer had his flaws with play calling and clock management, man, but these guys are playing for him. Playing their butts off for him. You know, even Olivier Vernon, man, you know, he he seems that ankle, high ankle sprain, he's finally healing. And he's got three and a half sacks the last two games. Seven tackles yesterday. 
So I know people are always down on Olivier right off the bat and this and that, but in our last two games, he's been really, really good too. So, yeah, listen, everybody seems to be hitting the stride on the defense. Listen, I know it was against Sanchez, but you know what? Peterson toasted them the first game yeah. at MetLife, and the Giants were determined not to let Peterson beat them yesterday, and they shut him down, which was a key because they shut him down early in the first quarter, and they kind of put the ball in Sanchez's hands, and you might as well put the ball in my hands. You know, I mean, that's you're going to get the same result. I think, I think you would have been better. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, what I'm saying is that you're going to put the ball in Sanchez's hand and win a game. You know, you, you, you're entering buffoondom, you know, yeah. so that's so that's not a good sign for a, an organization. And that's why, you know, Gruden had enough of that in a second if <laughs> he put Johnson in. And um, so it worked out well. Speaking of, of buffoondom, I want to get into yeah. this now because uh, it's important, right? So. So as you guys know, and, and we put a poll out there uh, last week, and, and the good news is, based on the results, we'll probably get shirts made. Buffoon is something that Chris comes up with, where, and we both do now. We name our Buffoon of the Week. But there's also a, a I don't know how to, how to phrase this, but a, uh, a loving term that you call someone a buffoon, like the buffoon crew, right? So right. Chris calls me and my buddies on a text message group, the buffoon crew, because we still believe in the Giants' playoff hopes. So to address that now, so I, I'm a proud member of the Buffoon crew, and that's what yes. the, the shirts will say, and I listen to the Giant Insider podcast. So Buffoon has kind of a dual meaning. One is very right. endearing, and one is the word what it's meant to be. You're a complete which, Buffoon. Which is, right, Jerry, that's very important because a lot of people express interest in buying the shirt, and, and it's very important to know that we're not saying, hey, you're, 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 you're a Buffoon in a bad way. But you know? I will say a lot of the followers said, Hey, do you listen to the podcast? And people wrote back, of course I do. I'm a buffoon. So that, thank you, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> but let, let's get to this now. And, and, and I know that you're going to call me a buffoon for thinking this can happen. Oh, but, uh, God. The Here Giants are mathematically alive. They have the Tennessee Titans. They have the Colts away. Then they have the team with the star on their helmets at home. Mm. Uh, last game of the season. I, I would argue all winnable games, right? I am not Im that impressed with Dallas. Oh, no question of all winnable games. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We need help. But when you listen to the schedule, it could happen, right? So tonight, first things first, Seattle has to take care of Minnesota. Okay. That, that's got to happen for, for us to, okay. to, for the dream to live. So they're, they're playing, Seattle's at home, right? Tonight? Yes. You think they're home? Okay. So let's go yes. to Carolina. They need to lose two out of the next three games. The good news is two of those games, somehow the NFL schedule makers did this, they play the Saints, they play Mr. Climate Control. Uh, away and home and Carolina's looked like crap for the last, I don't know, five weeks. Yeah. And they play yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta can come back and win. And Atlanta's behind us right now. Go figure. So Carolina needs to lose two and they play the saints twice and the Falcons once. Then you have the feathered helmet unit who are going to be broken now because they just lost to their arch rival. And, and trust me guys, Eagle fans hate Dallas more than they hate the Giants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Way more than the Giants. You can vouch yep. for that now that you're in Jersey. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. Okay. Now, they have to go to L.A. next week after the Rams lost. Good luck with that, Philly. Then mm -hmm. they play the Texans, who lost, what, yesterday, but they've been on a roll. They've won, uh, what, nine of ten games. Yeah. And yeah. then they finish up at Washington. Now, now mm. that's probably a win for them. But if Josh Johnson plays, I feel a little better about that game than if uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Worst Quarterback I've Ever Seen plays. So, right. Eagles can lose, too. All right, two more teams. Vikings, this is where it gets difficult. Vikings have to lose two as well after they lose tonight. 
So they play the Dolphins, who, oh my God, that win yesterday. I mean, if that didn't stick it to Boston sports, like I was so happy to see that play. Oh, and, and, and Mr. Boston overall and Mr. Tide Pods uh, running around the field like a buffoon slipping. I, I, I tweeted that I think he fell on a Tide Pod because I, to put Gronkowski back there. What did you think, Bill, that he was going to throw a Tannehill was going to throw an 80 yard Hail Mary? I mean, to put him back there was so stupid. And uh, it was great to see New England lose. So anyway, the Vikings. Belichick is one of our own. Yeah, I know. So the Vikings. Listen, let's get back. <laughs> Good. The Vikings got to lose two. It gets tricky now. They got to play. They got to lose. They got the Dolphins. They have the Lions. And they oh, have the, oh, that's a that's and, a win. Good. And they have the Bears. But I mean, I don't, I don't trust Kirk Cousins, right? So they got to lose two. That's going to be the toughest one. And then the Packers have to lose one. They play the Bears, the Jets, and the Lions. So they need to be. They need to lose to the Bears. <laughs> so. Jerry, you realize we have to win all three, too. Right, right. right. But that's just, hey, mathematical. Hey, we're alive. No matter if we win this weekend, no matter what happens, we're still alive. So the dream lives. It's not that far-fetched. If we win out, we could be in the playoffs. I don't care. Call me a buffoon. I'm part of the buffoon crew, whatever. Hey, Giant fans, this is why you listen. This is why we watch. This is why we watch every Sunday like it's our life. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm with you, pal. I'm with you, man. I hope so. I just don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm with you. You don't sound you know? very enthusiastic, Chris. Um, I tell you what, I do. Yeah, I'll be more enthusiastic, Jerry, if they beat the. T- this is gonna be a real tough game Sunday. All right, with the Titans, if, if they if win they did, Sunday, yeah, and a couple other things go our way, you know, with the Vikings and whatever, you know, whole scenario played out. That I'll be more enthusiastic, right? Um, but I can see us winning at home. I, I'm really concerned about the Colt game. Me too. That's the one out there because the Colts are a different football team. And man. Andrew Luck is a special quarterback when they're blocking. He's a special forward. player, yeah. So listen, Jerry, I'm not too enthusiastic. I'm just glad. I got to be honest with you, my friend. I'm just glad that it's actually we could talk about this. You know, going into the. Uh, uh, 14th game of the year, you know. Uh, so it's pretty because you know early in the year, we, if 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 we mean you went on a podcast early in the year, and says, oh, you know what, we'll be in it by the Titan game. People would have probably shut off the podcast and never listened again. Call you know? us so, buffoons and never listened to it. Was, right, we would have been like we would have been the gatekeepers of buffoondom, you know. And then you know, and then people would have thought we were totally lost our minds. So it's great that we're talking about it. You're more enthusiastic and a buffoon crew. It's definitely more enthusiastic than I am. Uh, if some scenarios play out after next weekend, I'll be more enthusiastic. Yeah, but. let's let's win next weekend and have all those teams lose one game, and then we can say, hey, let's do this. All right. So now we come to the point of the program. I think everybody, I think everybody looks forward to this the most, other than the Twitter questions. We name our buffoons of the week. I will let you go first. I know you had a few candidates. Who did you decide? All right. I'm narrowed down to two candidates. One – Josh Doxson, the number one pick of the Redskins a couple of years back, the wide receiver who decided that he was going to taunt a few Giants down 40 to 16. Okay? <laughs> yes. And the other one is our old friend in Philly, Jim Schwartz. Why Schwartz? Okay. Why Schwartz? Because he continuously played man coverage on Amari Cooper. With guys like Sidney 
I am the worst cover corner Jones. <laughs> and the other guy they picked up off the street a couple of weeks ago, Bowsby, who couldn't cover me. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And he kept playing single high man coverage on a guy that was killing them. Killing them. And at what point, Jimmy boy, did you say at what point did, did you say maybe we should start bracketing Cooper a little bit because he's running all over our faces? No. Even on the last fluke touchdown there that Raul Raul Douglas deflected, that was man coverage. Yeah, it was. I, I mean Douglas made you know, listen, that was kind of a freak thing. You know, he got his hand on it and popped up and Cooper caught it. But even that was man coverage. He had 200 yards receiving. Dak had 450 yards passing. But, you know, Schwartz, it's a tough call. I'm going to go with Josh Dotson, though, because he decided to taunt a few of our guys down 40 to 16. So, Josh, you are the buffoon of the week. That's a, that's a great choice, and I just wanted to add – Watching that game last night, I, I admit, and I know that the North Jersey Giant fans will hate this, but I was rooting for Dallas just because I, I, where I live, I mean, Philly's all around me. And it's, I mean, rooting, I should say rooting. I mean, it's like rooting for, you know, gonorrhea or syphilis when those two teams play each other. But I, I just, I can't take Philly anymore. And the lesser of the two evils is if Dallas wins the division, the buffoon owner of the Cowboys is going to extend Dak. He's going to keep Jason Garrett. And that's exactly what we want because those two guys will keep them from doing anything. So, but, um, so my buffoon of the week, I'm actually not going to name a buffoon. I'm going to do something a little different. Um, and Chris isn't going to like that. I tell the story, but, um, we had a, <laughs> Oh we, God. No, no, it's not bad. We have a, twi- right. we have a Twitter follower named William Fox at VA beach Fox. Oh, okay. And, um, his son has Ewing sarcoma. And uh, it's a bone cancer, and he's going through chemo. Young kid, middle name is Eli. And he's going to be okay, it seems. And, and, you know, you always pray that this goes away, but the kid's fighting, and his father seems optimistic. And he reached out to us on Twitter, and uh, Chris Bizignano, the beat writer of the Giant Insider, was nice enough to take a video of Eli Manning uh, to send to the kid. And Eli said a few words. Chris was able to send it to the kid. Uh, kind of lifted his spirits and his dad. So, uh, Chris, I know you don't like – you probably didn't know I was going to tell this story, but uh, you deserve no, kudos for that, buddy. And all the Twitter followers should know that because you do things like Wellington Mara did. And, um, you know, if you, have to, if you have to talk about the, the good things you do, then you shouldn't do them, and you didn't talk about it. But I'll talk about it for you. I'll brag for you. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, and I was just proud of you. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of buffoons out there that we could name, Bart Scott and – a number of other people for WFAN, but this was just class all the way around, um, praying for, for William Fox and his family and little Dalton. And uh, Chris, I just thought it was a class move by you and good job. And I wanted to let all the Twitter well, followers know who listened to us that you did that. So congrats, buddy. Well, it wasn't. Thank you, Jerry. You know, it wasn't me, man. It was Eli taking his time out. You know, Eli, this is a very special thing to Eli. You know, kids, he does a lot of things with kids in Hackensack University with kids with cancer, of course, and and it wasn't me at all, my friend. It was the Giants. As soon as the Giants' public relations department, as soon as I brought their attention, they jumped on it immediately. And within two days, they got Eli for me. Yeah, and it's, it's why it's easier to root for this team, and I always say it. 
question. It's why it's easy to root for Eli um, because as, as maddening as it can get watching him play sometimes, the yep. you know like the interception in Philly, um, he's a class act all the way around. And and, uh, and uh, yeah, doesn't yeah. get enough credit for it. He's quiet. Does it quietly. Yeah. And, you know, Eli's a humble dude, man. And, kudos yeah. and to, you know what, Jerry? Yeah. A lot of these guys, man. A lot of these guys are humble guys. They do a lot of stuff for charity. Eli is just a good human being, man. And you know, me and you. You know, we kind of had cancer touch our lives the last few years. You know, things that happened with us and our family. And um, so when a kid reached out, you know, it's always a, you know, special, you know, it's always a tender subject with us, you know, cancer and all that. And it's a young kid. And so it wasn't me, buddy. It was Eli. It was the Giants. Well, you put it together. Um, but so take some credit. And Pat Hanlon, uh, kudos to him because he's uh, – these guys, like Chris said, the public relations department, uh, they're kick-ass for the Giants. But we, I, we're going to end on that note, man. We can't do any better than that. My God. I mean, this, this, is, this was, uh, you know, that, that, that's basically the, the – we'll end on a high note. And after a win like that, man, um, my God, what a, what a great week. It gives us hope. Let's go into next week. Let's start kicking ass again. Let's beat the Titans and then let the chips fall where they may. All right, everybody, be sure to order your copy of the Giant Insider newspaper. Go to www.giantinsider.com. Or visit Maxter.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Yearly subscriptions are $39.95 for paper copies, and the digital version is only $17 for a yearly subscription. 14 issues for the year as we're biweekly during the season and monthly in the offseason. Our next podcast will drop at 8 p.m. on Thursday, December 13th. We will preview the Titans game, make our picks for the week, and then take your Twitter questions. As always, thank you guys for listening. I'm Jerry Foley. He's Chris Bizignano. And remember, guys... Sundays are giant days and we are still alive. Take care, everybody.